Hello and welcome to episode two of Slacker's Podcast. Welcome to the show. Jimmy, how are we doing? Oh, we're great. I'm, gr- I'm just so glad to be back. You know, we've been in a long hiatus mm-hmm. for two weeks. Well, two glorious. Well, long, we really just had to make sure that we came back with the second greatest episode of all time. So we took, we went to, back to the lab, um, yep. really worked on our craft, and here we are. Get, get ready to have your socks knocked right off. So today we're t- uh, we <laughs> we have a uh, Scott Schrader as our interview. He's a USC scoop insider. Honestly, you know a lot more about him, but I know he's a hilarious guy and he knows a lot about the USC Trojans. Sure, yeah, Scott's a great guy. Um, I've known him for probably over a year now because of my involvement with a uh, barstool. SC. Wow. Uh, Scott's definitely my favorite insider in the USC game, but by far, he's a great dude. He's always on it. Love talking to him. It'll be a great interview. Yeah. I The only time I met him, we walked up to him in the hallway over there and you just, you, you know, these are the cordialities and then you go, you know, how does the team look? And he just goes, fuck, man. <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. You got to have him on the podcast. So he's going to be a great interview. Get ready for that. But first, we're just going to we're going to chop down, you know, what's been going on. So, first of all, my quarterback, America's quarterback, Russell Wilson, is the front runner for the MVP. Oh, that's an interesting statement to make because if I remember correctly, uh, over his last two games, Lamar Jackson has taken down Russell uh, Russell Wilson, who's a pretender, as he's been his, actually his entire life. He's an imposter. Um and Tom Brady, who I hear like is supposed to beat every single quarterback under 24 that he plays. But that's funny because, I mean, Lamar Jackson won, but it's whatever. Um, so I'm here for all the haters, all the people saying that he's only a wide receiver or running back, all the people who say, oh, he beat the Dolphins and Cardinals the same play real defense because he went against the league's uh, top-scoring defense, both in terms of points scored and least points allowed. Yeah, no, and no one's listening anymore. Okay, yeah, but you you, you, you get know, the point. You no, get the no, point. He's no, the no. best. He's the best athlete on the field every time he steps on the field. Don't and get me don't get me wrong. It matters. He looks fantastic. He's so electric to watch. However, he has too much swag. He's going to get injured. Now here's 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 <laughs> what I have to ask you. When Russell Wilson is out there making his commercials for Bose, and he's like, "Yeah, like I listen to Macklemore when I'm in my pool." Like, yeah, this is, I'm a quarterback. Like, I'm getting in the zone. You know what Lamar Jackson's doing? He's out there on Instagram Live and he's saying free Kodak. He's a man of the people. He's a man who understands what the people want, how the people want it. And he also understands how to, you know, dissect and diagnose and destroy a defense better than Russell Wilson has this year or maybe ever. Okay. Wow. Uh, Really coming at at me. I I like it. But again, it's too much swag. It's going to um, all come crashing down. There's a reason Russell Wilson has been so successful. It's because it's because he, he loses by two touchdowns to Lamar Jackson at home? No, somewhat because of that. But okay. uh, no, it's, he, he's the most lame player out there. He slides every time. He makes the right play. It's so – it's like it's like the new balance. It's like Pete Carroll's shoes in a, in a football player. It's the most boring thing ever. There's but he's a reason so good. He throws the ball away better than anybody else on the planet. Russell Wilson is Bo's New Balance, <laughs> and Lamar Jackson is like Skull Candy. Not even Beats, but Skull Candy. Skull, and they're terrible headphones. So and I'm probably cool like that. Adidas. I feel like that's <laughs> you know, that's kind of his niche. 
All right. Well, anyways, by the end of the season, Lamar will be hurt and Russell Wilson will be in the Super Bowl. So I'm really not that worried. You sound very um, excited about an injured uh, NFL player. But yeah, please. <laughs> no, no. I'm just, I'm not excited about it. Did you, did you hear the monotone in my voice? I mean, I'm not ex- He's going to get injured and it's going to suck for everybody. There it is. <laughs> there it is. On cue. <laughs> All right. We're well, moving on here. We're just a little hyped up over here. We're a couple of nerds stoked about our football teams. Yep. Um, otherwise, you know, we got, uh, oh shit. Yeah. We got USC basketball, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. Um, so I, I, I want so badly for USC basketball to be good. Um, as much as USC football has a reputation of the preseason champions, USC basketball is like the reputation of like the preseason top 25. And then you look after like three games and they're never going to come back into the rankings again. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is one of those years it feels like, um, but one thing that doesn't change actually about USC basketball is the in-stadium experience, which oh yeah, one of the best. There are good in-stadium experiences. There are bad ones because it's like you know like a road fan at a Raiders game. Like that's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah no. USC basketball hits at an interesting you know niche in the sports uh, industry of a deeply uncomfortable experience. Mm, yeah, one where you're there and you're thinking, why did any adults come to this? Like they drove. Or something they drove, yeah. maybe even took the metro because it's that weird. Like yeah. they probably took the metro there's, to the Galen Center. There's like, uh, there's always giggling in the background because of that DJ guy, DJ Malski. He's yeah. a hero. <laughs> Please stop. Just stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. It would make it everything a lot better. Anyways, that part's weird. But there's just an air in there where every yep. time you you go in there, you go, what? Why did I? Why did I come to this again? Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. But you don't really want to leave because you get in the plush seats and you go. Okay, yeah, there's entertainment values there, but also I uh, feel terrible. <laughs> I think the best part is that if you're like a fan and you like try and like, you know, do normal fan things, like stand up and like mm-hmm. cheer oh, and clap yeah. for your team, you will be looked at as a freaking pariah, dude. Yeah. They're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it is really weird. People will start throwing things at you. It, <laughs> it gets actually pretty nasty. Every, everybody is so confused about what to do. Like there's a there's a great play and like half the people are just like dead silent and then and then the other half of the people that are screaming are all in the band yeah that's that's why they're there and then the student section everybody's just I'm pretty sure that everybody in the student section took like a hundred milligram edible or something yeah before the game but it wears off in the second half because that's when you can get uh, Chick Fil A oh yeah yeah yeah. three free throws people (laughs) that's that's why people go that's really but to be completely honest. And to throw them a bone, they have a great team this year, like they do every year. Yeah, and we will not be good. You know, I want to. <laughs> I want to try and hitch my wagon to some players. You know, Big O yeah. as a freshman coming in, Daniel Utami, a uh, three-point specialist. It seems coming from Akron, a mm-hmm. grad transfer. A bunch of new faces from yeah. fresh places, but who knows how they're gonna mesh? Um, they're gonna be bad. Okay. Um, I mean, like I say this because I want to be proven wrong, but Andy Enfield is the resident cool guy uh and that's all he's good at he's really cool he is really yeah he's got a very attractive spouse he Um, came from the west coast of florida which is the best coast of any place in the world (laughs) he looks like a more attractive john McEnroe, uh, who has better style and potentially is less annoying to be with at a tennis match um but only at a test match only at a tennis match well because he's got the perfect tennis match swag i mean it looks like he was they, his mother gave birth to him on a tennis court. 
That's that's the type of swag we're talking from NDN full. That's why he gets great recruits. He's a cool guy. It's all a lot day of, long. A lot of seven days in hell kind of vibe. Yeah, that's right. But when it comes to being cool guy on the court, I think he gets really not cool guy. In fact, he gets really like sweaty and uncomfortable when it comes to like, I don't know, drawing up a play uh, to win a game. Uh, so maybe he should have been a tense coach, but still cool. Yeah. Still cool. I appreciate him. <laughs> I like, I mean, he brings a certain panache and uh, also a certain, you know, I don't know, je ne sais quoi, sort yeah, of, I never make the tournament. Vous, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like All these French words. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of when I see USC basketball, just French phrases of... And tennis. Of love. Yeah. Well, yeah. A menage a trois, if you will, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the menage is uh, losing, uh, not making the tournament, and being ranked fifth every year in the Pac-12 yeah. in preseason. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was talking basketball. That's, Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks for hanging on there, Andy. We love you. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get to it. We'll talk some football. Save you guys some USC football. We're gonna have Scott Schrader here. Enjoy that interview, Scott. Scott. And welcome to our interview with Scott Schrader. Uh, Scott Schrader is a USC insider and recruiting insider. Uh, Scott, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Hey, great to be here. Uh, so my first question is, um, how did you get into doing USC and recruiting inside kind of work? Well, it happened probably back in 2002. My dad had covered the USC football team. He was a columnist for the Long Beach Press-Telegram, and so he... He had covered USC previous to when he was a, a columnist. He was he was the beat writer for the Long Beach Press Telegram. So he covered the team, and, and he had retired from the Press Telegram and helped out a friend of his who had a publication called USC Report, which was something that was just sent out once a week during the football season, and then once a month during the off season. And my dad was doing yesterday's Trojans, which he would contact former players and kind of catch up with them, see what's going on, and then he did recruiting, and when he got tired of doing all that, he asked me if I wanted to to take over doing the recruiting part, and he introduced me to some people at USC, and the rest is history, I guess. Here sure. I am. Sure, that's fantastic. I, I know personally, I love reading you know your insights and, and tweets, probably as much, if not more, than anyone else on the, the USC circuit, uh, or in the Southern California recruiting circuit. Uh, speaking of which, do you have like a favorite recruit this year, whether it's like a favorite recruit to talk to, uh, someone that's usually a good interview, or maybe someone who you feel like might like outplay their quote-unquote star rating when they get to college? Uh, you know, the, I, was just, I was just with a guy today. I, I don't want to single out anybody, but sure. there, are, there are several that, that I really, really like. You know, it's just, you know, you, you like watching them play football, you, you like them as a person, and then you, know, you get to know their families, and, uh, and I was with with one of them today, Gary Bryant Jr., sure. um, a receiver from from Centennial High School in Corona, and, and he was getting his jersey presented to him for the All America Bowl game that we played in in San Antonio, the Alamo Bowl, and on January fourth. So, it was kind of a cool day for that. And uh, so he's one of those. Bryce Young, Bryce Young was another. Darion Green Warren, you know, those those are guys just off the top of my head. You know, really kind of kind of stand. I really uh, enjoy 
the way they play, enjoy those guys, and then you know, their families are really, really, uh, you know, their parents are great people too. Sure, that's fantastic. I mean, I know uh, following what you say, I mean, they they certainly are on there quite a lot, and they seem like great guys. And I've watched a lot of the interviews, and certainly I, I hope that you know at least a couple of them can be in Cardinal and Gold next year. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm guessing at least two of those guys will be. Sure. If that, not, if not, if not all three. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, so this season certainly, I mean, it's not quite the disaster last year was, it seems, so far. Um, but it's not exactly a year where it seems like the Trojans are playing for too much at this point after the Oregon game. Uh, so as like a fan, what should we be watching for in these last three games? Well, you know, as, as crazy as it seems <laughs> that, you know, it's really unlikely, but it's possible you know, USC and UCLA could be playing for the Pac-12 South for all we know sure. at the end of this month. So, you know, I think that's what USC football players are, are playing for. They're, they're playing, you know, they want to win the rest of their games. They want to go to as good a bowl game as possible. You know, what's your, what's your, as a USC fan, what you're looking for is you're looking for, you know, how are some of these, these younger guys playing that are filling in for some of the injured guys? Um, you know, there's, there's several young players that have, have played far more football this season than was anticipated because of injuries. But, you know, you're finding out that those those guys are really good football players. Um, you know, Keenan Christen is one of those. You know, see how he goes the next three games, three or four games, sure. uh, depending on, on the bowl season. So I, I don't know how much, you know, fans are going to be, you know, what they should be looking out for. But generally that's kind of what you look for. Just how, how are some of the younger guys doing? How's Keaton Slovis going to finish out the season? Um, you know, because he's going to be the only really legitimate quarterback, starting quarterback caliber that, that they'll have until next fall. Sure. You know, so, um, you know, it's, 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 right now is just an interesting time for USC because you just, you just don't know where things are going. I think the only thing we kind of have an idea of what's going to happen is that, that they're going to make a coaching change. Sure, of course. Uh, speaking of which, clearly there's a, a fan, you know, favorite, I guess we could say at this point. of There is? Yeah. What would that be? I, I, I can't even imagine. I, that's, just, <laughs> that's just, you know, you and I, we're very keen about the thought process of USC and USC fans. It takes a, it takes a keen eye to see it. But I would say at this point that Urban Meyer is probably the uh, favorite in the clubhouse in terms of USC fans' choice. Um, how would you feel in, in terms of, you know, certainly there are the rumors out there that there could be a clash of interest about whether or not we bring in Urban. Yeah. Uh, what would you see as like, I guess, opportunity cost is the right way to put it between Urban and the rest of the field, whether that's a PJ Fleck, a Matt Rule, or someone of that ilk? Yeah, you know, for me, the, you know, just the way I look at this thing is, I look at this thing that there's thirty thousand. I'm probably over exaggerating, but maybe I'm not for all games. But you know, there's thirty thousand, twenty five thousand empty seats of Coliseum. Sure. So I, you know, and, and the football team is struggling, and there's not there's not much consistency, and and it, it seems like there's still a lack of discipline and, and all that kind of stuff. And and how do you fix that overnight? You hire the the sure thing. Yep. And that's Urban Meyer. And you know I I know, I know that there's they'll take a hit PR wise from from some people in the media, and I and I get that it's not necessarily undeserved. I don't know what happened at Ohio State with Urban Meyer and and. and the, Zach Smith. Quote, quote, covering up of, of what Zach Smith did, but um, 
you know, anybody who's not named Urban Meyer, the chances of, of USC becoming great again really, really fast go down. But, you know, Rule is, it would, you know, he's got has a track record of, of you know, it's extremely impressive. Uh, you know, you have James Franklin, who's at Penn State. You know, he's right now he's competing for you know, a spot in the, in the Final Four uh, for the playoffs. So, you know, there, there's there's good coaches out there. It's just, you know, for me, it just seems like it's such an easy solution. You just go do whatever it takes to get Urban Meyer. That's just the way I look at it. There's a lot of people that disagree with me and, and, and don't like Urban Meyer and you know, whatever. I don't care. Get over it. He's going to win football games. <laughs> I certainly am of the same mind. I've been on the Urban Meyer train for pretty much the moment he quote-unquote retired from Ohio State. I just think it's interesting because, certainly because it's fresher in my mind when uh, Clay Helton was announced as the full-time coach, it was always interesting because he wasn't a splash hire exactly, and deserved or not, from day one, he he absolutely had the fan base against him. So I think even as much as anything, that's kind of what I feel like a USC fan is looking for, is someone to provide hope. And like a sense of like, okay, we have momentum and it'll carry over into recruiting. It'll carry over into actually yeah. winning games. And, and well, you know, before it, I'll cut you off. Sure. Because it's my show. <laughs> no, 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 the recruiting part. The recruiting yeah. part. You know, that that's vital. Yeah. Recruiting is vital, obviously, to, to building a football program. And, you know, you hire Urban Meyer, what you also get is you get very likely Elias Ricks, yeah. Justin Flo, Bryce Young. The only coach that USC could hire and, and get Bryce Young to flip back would be Urban Meyer. So you know where I'm going with this. So yeah. you, 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 you can hire somebody like that and he can bring in a recruiting class in three weeks. And I think as important as that, you know, I mean, certainly it's USC and Southern California is the most fertile recruiting ground in the country by like a long yeah. shot. Um, but I think almost as important as Southern California becoming our our own hotbed again is getting back east because I feel like I mean correct me if I'm wrong have we had a player from like Ohio almost ever probably not um, well, yes I, but no you know um, you're you're probably too young to to remember some but at least in the hell now you know, Fred Davis Fred, Fred Davis won the Mackey Award sure you know, he was tied in from 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 Ohio, but I mean, no, they haven't had money. But I mean, at the same time, you, you don't have to. Good yeah. Lord, I think that I, I, I wrote something not long ago, maybe four years ago or something like that. That USC and UCLA could recruit St. John Bosco, modern day Sarah High School, and maybe a couple other local schools and probably win a national championship if they got all their top players. Yeah. So you don't have to go. You know, it's 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 sexy to go out of state and, 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 and see Pete Carroll or whoever the coach is say we got the number one player in Colorado, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, whatever it might be. I mean, that, that is, you know, if you have an opportunity to go get these elite players mm-hmm. from out of state, you know, you, you do that. But you see in UCLA, neither one of those schools has to go really east of the Mississippi or the no. Rockies. I just think, you know, I, while that's certainly true, I, I feel like the more that, whether or not we have urban, I feel like the proliferation of Southern California recruits at schools like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, any of those big like Southern schools, Ohio State certainly, um, I feel like that is only gonna increase. I mean, it, it would take a hit if urban came, but I feel like it'll only increase in coming years. And I feel like one of the things that USC has missed about as much as anything since Pete left is a national identity. 
yeah. whether that's a recruiting thing or not, you know, it's still we haven't really been that national brand in over in about a decade, um, at least in the way that we should be. Um, but I agree, we could. <laughs> Those, those schools in the area are just so good that we, we honestly... Well, and I'll tell you what, yeah. Pete Carroll got to the point where he, he over-focused on out-of-state guys that brought yeah. them in and they didn't perform. Yeah. So now, you know, you've let you've let schools like Oregon get the local kids who are balling. Yeah. So, you know, and you, so you need to select, be very selective on who you go out-of-state getting. So, no, you, got, you want to have a national presence. I agree with you 100%. It just doesn't need to be a main focus recruiting out-of-state. Sure. I agree. Because... Um, yeah. Phoenix and Las Vegas be- almost became suburbs of USC. Yeah, and to, to this day, they they still at least we try to treat them at almost as suburbs yes. of, of yes. USC, there um, <laughs> successfully or not. Um, we were talking about bowl games. I'm curious if you have like a because I personally think that the Pac-12 like non. I mean, obviously the Rose Bowl is the best bowl. There's like no question. Yeah. Um, but be uh, underneath that, I think our like mid tier bowls are, are rather weak in like a national sense. Like I I'm I'm from Tampa, so I would love to go to the Outback Bowl. But if, no matter who wins, everyone wins free coconut shrimp or blooming onions. It's a beautiful beautiful sport and a yeah. beautiful game. I, I wonder if you have like a personal preference as to like what bowl well, USC would go to under the Rose Bowl. Well, since I would probably since I will be going to the Army, it's not called the Army Bowl, the All America Bowl mm-hmm. in San Antonio, and I leave probably December twenty eighth. I just, how about that bowl, the, the <laughs> Bolero? I'll take that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, think, you know what though? Mm-hmm. I think USC fans actually. I think it's sometimes pretty goddamn part of my French cold sure. in, in San Antonio that time of year. So you know, there's a negative of that, but I think USC fans would, would enjoy. Riverwalk and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, let's just go to San Diego and call it a, call it a year. Yep, I'd honestly be okay with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just no Sun Bowl, please. Please, God, no Sun. I I honestly think <laughs> I think there there isn't a more desolate game of any kind above like the like high school level. Like truly, I I honestly think yeah. I I I've thankfully never been to El Paso. Better yet, to the Sun Bowl. But you watch that game, and it's always at like three o'clock, and like it's blinding. You can only like half see the game. They show like some yeah. like panoramas, and it's it doesn't look like there's like a building beyond the stadium for miles. Right. Yeah, Everyone there looks sad. It, it's a really. I would rather go to the what is it the V100 Independence Bowl in like Montgomery, Alabama. I think or Shreveport. Yeah. I think I'd rather go there. Those seem like well, better you know, places. If, if it's not gonna be the Holiday Bowl. If, I don't think anybody ever gets tired of going to Vegas no. for a weekend. So that's, that's no. another. You know, I mean, if you're if you're not going to win, go to some great bowl game and have this amazing matchup. You might as well, you know, take a four hour drive to Vegas. Yes, every time I would take that definitely over Santa Clara. It, yes. Uh, although the Cheez It Bowl would be fun just for the branding experience. Um, I'm curious on the topic of bowl games. Have you ever had like a a particularly great or particularly awful bowl game experience? And we'll we'll stick to college bowl games for this time around. I, I you know I had I really really did have and I had I had a great 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 memorable time at the 2005 Orange Bowl. Okay. And you know, we weren't allowed in the press box back then because we were the internet and uh, <laughs> it was newspapers and, and those people were, were the press box. We you know we yeah we were the internet. My 87 year old dad remember I went to the USC said you guys need to credential the internet because they're going to take over and of course we have and so 
I went there and a friend of mine gave me a bunch of Cohiba cigars, Cubans. Okay. And so we're in the stands, and, and, and it's a mixture of Oklahoma and USC fans. And so I, I try, I'm just trying, trying to be an ambassador, a goodwill ambassador. I, I say, anybody interested in the Cohiba cigar? And a couple of Oklahoma fans took them. And uh, about two minutes into the third quarter, I, I, I somebody taps on my shoulder, and I look back, and it's one of the Oklahoma fans handed me back my Cohiba cigar, and he says, I'm not going to need this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a cool moment for me. I can understand. Cigars yeah. in Miami, it's a great combination, and that was that really might have been the the high watermark of, of this program over the it was at least at least since the turn of the millennium. Um, yeah. So we're going to finish off here with game picks. We do it with every guest. It's five games from this week. Uh, we'll do a little rundown. I, I think this week we didn't do a spread. I could be wrong, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll just do winners. Uh, so we'll start with the, of course, game of the century, as it always seems to be, LSU-Alabama. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take Alabama. Yep. I, I, I could see that. Whether or not I, I had the same, honestly, whether or not two I want players, LSU to yeah. win, though. Yeah, that's fair. I understand that. Um, Monday Night Football, 49ers, Seahawks in Santa Clara. Oh, God, man, the 49ers got good, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love Pete Carroll. I, the Homer, Pete Carroll Homer in me is going to take the Seahawks. Couldn't have predicted that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, also on Saturday... <laughs> Also on Saturday, Penn State, Minnesota. Ooh, man. Yeah, I like Penn State. All right. Less less than confident in uh, PJ Flex big game ability, I guess. That's fair. I, I mean, he, he, could pre- he, I mean, he could prove a lot right there. Yeah, that's fair. That he's really, really for real. Yep. Um, Where's the game? Where's that game? Do you know? I believe that is in Minnesota. Okay. Well, um, that helps. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like Penn State's played too many games in Happy Valley this year. There's no way they'd get this one at home, too. Yeah, one year Ohio State played eight games at home. That's the ridiculous. Big Ten, the Big Ten's got to figure it out. Pac-12, nah, not so much. Uh, almost as much as the SEC has to figure it out. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, tonight, NBA action, Bucks at Clips. Clippers. Wow, L.A. Homer, through and through. And, and then that's what it comes down to. It does come down to that. I have a Lakers homer, but I guess I, in the end, I'm an LA guy. That's fair. I get that. As long as the Larry O'Brien stays in LA this year, I'll be happy. Yes. Um, and then the final one Saturday's a uh, big blockbuster matchup: USC at Arizona State. Arizona. No, I'm kidding. I mean, USC's <laughs> gonna win. I, I think it's. I, you know, I. I it's gonna be interesting because I, I. I don't think this team has any quit. I do think this team is relatively. Well, coach, position-wise, um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the defensive coordinator, but um, you know, I think USC is going to be able to go in there and win. I, I don't think Keaton Slovis is going to have a repeat performance of, of last week by any stretch. I agree. And that's the only way they lose. That's the only way they lose. To Arizona State. I agree. For as much as uh, Clay Elton gets roasted, you know, most of it warranted, the team has definitely yet to quit on him. Yeah. Um, they they go hard every week, even down thirty points. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, thank you, Scott. Thank you for coming on. This has been a blast. Uh, Anytime. Yeah, of course. Best luck for the rest of the season. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. See you.
Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to Scott Schrader. That was an awesome interview. Going to get it going with some pick'em here of our own. What do you got? LSU, Alabama. Probably the game of the year by far. Just a couple of great teams coming in head-to-head. What do you got? Here's what I'm thinking. So Joe Burrow, he thinks he's got the Heisman. He thinks he's got the national championship all locked down. I am taking Alabama because those fans, they don't show up to like 95% of the games that they play. But the first time that they actually play like a legitimate team at home, they're going to be there. They're going to be loud. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's starting at quarterback. They're going to take them down. Well, it's, it's probably crazy for them like to go back to the stadium not playing a cupcake. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh yeah. my God. We can actually play like a team that's not, <laughs> you know, College of Charleston. But do you think <laughs> your last week Wofford? Uh, this is my, this is the craziest thing I actually heard in a long time. Clemson versus Wofford last week, you had to bet 350 grand on certain betting sites to win 100. I love that. That is absurd. That's also that is disgusting. They could have realistically lost, considering Alabama almost lost to Citadel last year. But you know, oh, I love the Citadel. Yeah. Um, you got Alabama. Yeah. I think. Um, I think I like LSU. I don't know. I just like Joe Burrow. He seems like one of those just all-American heroes. You know, mm. he's like a he's like if there was a biopic, like if Joe Burrow was like uh, he lived in the '30s or something, and there's a biopic. Just follow me here. There's a biopic about him. Harrison Ford would play him. Because he's that kind of American icon. I think it's important to note here that Harrison Ford was not an active actor in the 1930s. I know. No, duh, you idiot. Like, if the movie was made in, like, the oh, 80s. Okay. Yeah. You didn't so follow that? That he, was so easy. He's, like, reminiscent of, like, a rugby-era football kind of quarterback. I don't know, man. Okay, I just, sure. You know? I want to be there for you. You, you frustrate me I want to be there for you. Okay. All right. Moving on to the best game of the week. 49ers undefeated against... My Seahawks. You know who I got. Yeah, so you, you'll be taking the uh, Niners, obviously. Um, <laughs> I honestly do like San Francisco here. I think it's a game where everyone is going to be riding Seattle because it's like, oh, the Niners are finally playing a team, whatever. Um, but they'll be playing at home. It'll be the first time, you know, talk about unfilled stadiums. It'll be the first time that Santa Clara has, like, a real game ever. Yeah. Um, including the Super Bowl. And... <laughs> I think that the 49ers aren't going to let this opportunity slip through their hands. Honestly, um, I'm going to put on my big J journalist cap here and be uh, impartial. I think the Seahawks' defense is pretty bad, and it makes me pretty sad. Um, That being said, Josh Gordon is going to be playing. Am I excited? Um, And I think if the Seahawks, they always kind of like cook up something, you know? They get that couple of run plays, and then they get a big play-action play. I think they can put up some points, you know, as long as Jimmy G kind of has a shitty game. I think the Seahawks have a chance, but if I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money on the 49ers, but I'm, you know, one of those stupid fans that loves their team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Go Seahawks. Um, ASU, USC, probably a really hard line to predict as Vegas because they're just both garbage, garbage teams that people thought might have been good for like three weeks Mm. they were terrible the whole time so here i honestly do like arizona state and even though they are a team that lost to ucla as if we can actually act like we're superior in some kind of way to that um (laughs) or above it uh asu i'd say i'd say more than most every team in the pac-12 has that weird like we hate you but we don't give 
fucking shit about ASU kind of complexes. Yeah. yeah. It's like everyone versus Duke, you know? So they're going to try and give us their best shot, and they'll be playing at home. And even with the Colorado road win, I'm not going to sit here and act like USC is impervious to a road loss. Yeah. I think this team is reeling. It doesn't even – I, I – don't even think it matters what personnel we throw out there. Yeah. I think this is going to be a tough one to try and recover. I, I think this is the tailspin game. Mm. This is the official tailspin game. You can you hear it here first, Slacker's Pod. Tailspin is in effect. Tailspin mark. Yeah. Lauren, <laughs> put on the tailspin. Can you mark it down, Lauren? Thank you. Tailspin game right here, ASU, USC. I just think, well, I don't know. You probably heard stuff about the last game, which was disgusting, by the way. Um Players are getting mad. There's the rift is beginning to widen between Clay Helton and his t- his team. Our uh, future, uh, what are, what are they called? You know, our our team coming up. Uh, recruits. Recruits. Yeah, I don't. You know, the team coming up. <laughs> yeah, the team coming up. The next one up. Uh, those are getting worse and worse. Like 2020, I think we're ranked 46th, right behind. You guessed it. Vanderbilt Commodores. Of course. They're yeah. a powerhouse this and, year. Yeah, it might, so. even, might even be worse than 46. Somebody can look that up. Anyways, it's getting bad. I think I think this is the tailspin game. You can mark it here. USC's getting blown out. Um, next, Penn State and Minnesota. I think that's game day. Yeah, I... Because they can't get the SEC away from CBS. Of course. I think this is the P.J. Fleck gets the official job offer from USC game. This is mm. this is one where he plants his foot in the ground and says, no one expects anything from us in this game. We're undefeated to this point, not necessarily against great competition, but this is the time where the Golden Gophers establish themselves as a football program. I always like the Golden Gophers. I don't know why. Every time they come up on the screen, I'm just like, oh. You, you, it makes g- your, you guys go. You it know? makes your day happy. Yeah. You know? I'm a little golden, golden, golden little guy. So you know, I, I'd say around. no concept of football knowledge uh, or any football pundits would ever take the Golden Gophers in this game. But you know what? I'll throw them a bone. Okay. Well, to distance myself from you, because I think I'm going to maybe lose that Seahawks bet and maybe the LSU. I'm not really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really very confident in my picks, so... Just to kind of hedge my bets here, I'm going to go Penn State, and I honestly feel like I could go 0-5 this week. Great. Um, but that's okay because I went 3-2 and two, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You, I mean like a week ago. Um, Bucks Clips, I don't know, man. <laughs> Clippers? Yeah, I'm feeling the Clippers. Clippers? Okay. So it's Bucks. a home game. So Bucks. Oh, it's a home game? Like Clippers. You all know, <laughs> and... And if there's anything I can say about Clippers games at the Staples Center, that's that's oh, their home. Yeah. No other team commands the Staples Center like the <laughs> sorry <laughs> the <laughs> the Los Angeles Clippers. That's right. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I must. Be some like some think that could be a finals matchup. I I don't know. It might be. I don't know. I don't really like Giannis. Is, I don't just triple team him. You know. Yeah, he's just one quit, basketball player. Quit messing around. He's one guy, one heart, two lungs. Yeah. Two pairs of hand one pair of hands, yeah, one we, pair we, of feet. All right, we get it. This he's got this isn't the anatomy podcast. I've got five fingers in my right hand just like Giannis. What <laughs> differentiates? The only thing the reason I, I don't believe in Giannis is because he is literally a monster, mm-hmm. like as a person already, and he declined to be in Space Jam too. It's just disgusting to me. I, you, wow. I don't know. Like, what are you doing? 
How do you not look in the mirror and go, yeah, okay, like I found my role. Like I should probably debut with this role. Some deep-seated hatred for Giannis. They don't even have to do the CGI. He could just be in it. Wow. Okay. He'd save so much money. He's got to think about the network heads, man. I, think about LeBron yeah. for a second. I think that's what LeBron and, was and thinking. Maverick that's Carter, that's know? where the, the beef really comes in between the two of them. It's It'll cr- be interesting to see how they mix on the Lakers next year. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be even fun. It would just like switch off possessions. It'd be disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Giannis, screw you. You're, you're a shitty person, and you're going to lose to the Clippers tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> because wow. you, you missed a great opportunity to save some save Maverick Carter and LeBron James yeah. some money on Space Jam 2. Fighting words. <laughs> All right, let's finish up here with our last segment. Of course, we got our slackers and our SC super studs. We want to go slackers first? Yeah, sure. All right, you go for it. All righty, so my slacker of the week is San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane, who today was... Sued by the Cosmopolitan, the nice, uh, you know, casino oh. and hotel in oh, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was sued for five hundred thousand dollars today oh. because of unpaid gambling debts that he oh. accrued, not just you know randomly, not even during a regular season or a preseason game, but a playoff game, a playoff game. They did win that series. I'm not sure if they won the game the day that he bet it, but during the playoffs, Evander Kane oh. pulled out five hundred thousand dollars in gambling credits at the Cosmopolitan. And never paid it back. So you, oh. my friend, are the slacker. The oh week. my god, I had no idea yes. about this. That's crazy. It's a tough fucking look. So, well, is he toast? I I don't know really where that it goes from here. He did just get a contract extension, I believe, last off season for about seven million a year. Which, talking hockey here, that's great money in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, five hundred thousand dollars loss at the Cosmopolitan's a tough look. God, oh man! Could you imagine? Oh, that's just crazy. Like you get a huge contract like that, seven million. You pay some taxes, and then you're like, yep. oh fuck me! Yeah, I forgot to pay a gambling debt off. Exactly, on- and he's playing hockey in California, so he's probably lost you know half of his yearly income. Oh my god, well, more than that. Yep. Let's be honest. Jeez, that is a, that's a great slacker. Yep. Holy moly, that's awesome. Um, it I is think, it is awesome to see this man lose five hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. I'm feel, I'm gonna feel a little sorry for it, but geez, man, come mm-hmm. on, five hundred k. Okay, my slacker of the week um, is the man sitting right next to me. Wow, Jimmy Goodman, and the reason for that is because I absolutely destroyed him in a classroom debate yesterday. Oh boy, here we I, go. Just mop the floor with him. I don't even know what the debate was about at this point. What what was it? Uh, the debate was about um, participation trophies oh, in sports. That's and right. if we're uh, gonna give a little bit of a taste, you know, to our listeners right. here, my take, and you know, I had to take one side. My take mm, is that yeah. participation trophies they make you feel good, you mm-hmm. know. And as someone with all the physical gifts that I have, yeah, you know, I could have, I could have, if I wanted to, I just wasn't trying. I could have won a bunch of little league championships, Loser. maybe even some NCAA titles as well. But Loser. my biggest trophy that I have is a chess participation trophy. Yeah, and I love it. Oh yeah, okay, I love cool. it. It's yeah. bigger than I am. No, for sure. Yeah, keep going. Um, so my take, which is the winner's take. I mean, obviously, you can tell the guy that was just talking got a lot of those participation trophies and he he should have got one last night if his participation wasn't so awful in the debate. Mm. 
you know, it's all about winning. That's all I got to say. Wow. Winners out there, you know. Wow. I got the dub. It's easy. Wow. So let's just move on for Jimmy so you can forget this because there's no trophies on this podcast, that's for sure, for participating. Uh, what do you got? SC Super Stud. My SC Super Stud of the week is Kyle Ford. Okay. Uh, he was a highly touted recruit coming out of Southern California. I'm forgetting the school. Uh, I'm nice. sorry, Kyle. Um, but this weekend, this weekend in his first, you know, significant offensive playing time, he picked up a touchdown in oh. garbage time, but still a touchdown. And this is a kid who tore his ACL during his last year at uh, in high school, mm -hmm. and he has been working through it. And he came back and he scored, and it was a big moment. Mm. Uh, you can, I could even tell from you know the Twitter traction on the tweet that I put up that certainly <laughs> oh there's God. a lot of people. Oh there's a boy. lot of people around college Jeez sports excited Louise. to see him. Give me him. a break. There's a lot of people around college Can't sports get, excited. You know, the whole Already. point of the segment is to point at somebody exactly on I'm, one of the USC teams and give them their spotlight. I'm building him on up. this abysmal podcast. And Kyle Ford. You couldn't go without mentioning your own. Okay. You couldn't. You couldn't go without plugging yourself. Kyle Ford I'm pushed sorry, a Kyle. lot of internet traffic. I am know? sorry, Kyle Ford. It's an Ford. objective measure. All right. You're my stud, man. <laughs> that's that's awesome. My super stud is none other than the GOAT, Michael Pittman Jr. First of all, I mean, he's just a stud on the field. Mm. I mean, he, did, he didn't have a great game against Oregon. He only had a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm used to him having like two or three, you know? He's yeah. the man. Yeah. Anyways, before the game, though, even though it's been a tough season— there's a young fan when he's getting on the off the bus. He loves Michael Pittman Jr. He's giving the fight on, and Mike just kind of walked by him. He didn't see who he was, but somebody on Twitter tagged him, and uh, he retweeted it, and he said, Twitter, do your thing, you know, get me in contact with this kid. And Twitter did its thing, and Mike found the guy and his kid, and he gave him a jersey signed by the entire team. It's pretty awesome. So, Mike, that's awesome. But also, I want to let Mike know that he just barely beat out super stud to the cat that ran on the field yesterday that was during the Monday night game. Cat. And I don't even like cats. Cats freak me out. I know. Well, always, no, I like cats, so They always awesome. have an agenda. They're always staring <laughs> you down. Dude, They're that cat was to fuck up. awesome. Yeah, like, I, there's been some great meme content. You, I don't know if you saw, like, NFL Films did mm. a full thing about the cat with a bunch of fake interviews. I like that. It's just, it was awesome, you know? You wake up, same days, Twitter's terrible. Yep. Today, there's a little guy. Scampers, making your day a little brighter. So thank you for that. And thank you, Mike Pittman Jr., for being a class act. Thank He's, you, Mike. He'll be playing on Sundays, I can tell you that much. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, that is our show. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, we'll have a show maybe next week. Yeah, let's, we'll see. Let's be honest. It'll probably be in two weeks, so we can just stay consistent, you know. But we're gonna keep you on your toes. Yeah, we're slackers. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> this the is, no, it's baby. it's all it's all it's all calculated. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, keep up on that Twitter page. We'll let you know when episodes are coming out. Check out the Instagram. We're filming this episode, so you guys could check out clips and stuff. If you don't want to listen to us talk for the full time, you can check out those highlights on the gram at Slackers Pod. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Another great week. See you guys next time. Love you.